It's Thursday, March 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians picked up a win against Chicago. Uh, Aaron Savali threw uh, a scoreless first inning, and uh, they hit a couple of home runs. Uh, what do you what do you think of their uh, their outing on Wednesday uh, against the White Sox in the Cactus League? Yeah, uh, it was. I was surprised that Savali only went one inning, but I guess that was the game plan, Joe. I thought you know every other one of their starters has gone uh, pitched into the second inning. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I guess he went out to the bullpen and, you know, reached his pitch limit after the one inning. But it was encouraging to see the scoreless inning. And I guess, you know, they're just kind of easing him in to, uh, you know, the schedule just because of, you know, he's been banged up the last couple of years. But other than that, um, it was, uh, you know, you know, I thought, uh, you know, um, you know, Will Brennan had a nice had a nice game, an RBI double, sacrifice fly. He, he ended up with two RBIs, and then uh, they kind of, like you said, dropped the hammer in the seventh inning with the consecutive home runs by uh, Jonathan Rodriguez, a minor league kid that uh, hit 26 home runs last year, and uh, Zach Collins, who's who's trying to uh, win uh, win a catching job with uh, with the Guardians. Yeah, Zach Collins, an uh, interesting guy. Uh, I mean, in terms of uh, can he win a, a backup role? It, it looks like Cam Gallagher is the guy right now who's sort of in line for that spot. But can Zach Collins out hit Cam Gallagher, or is is what uh, what Cam Gallagher brings behind the plate uh, that much more valuable to Tito and the staff? Yeah, I think uh, you know we we've seen them uh, really you know lean heavily toward. Uh, you know, defense when it comes to catching, you know, Zanino's, you know, kind of, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, an outlier when it comes to Cleveland catchers. It's the guy that's actually can hit home runs and uh, what he hit 33 two years ago or 32 two years ago. Uh, Collins has some pop. We've seen him a lot with the White Sox, but I would think uh, that, that, you know, defense is still going to be the calling card for uh, the, the starting catcher and the backup catcher. But it's going to be interesting. I think Collins and, and Gallagher are right in there. They've got the experience, and they've got a ton of catchers in camp, Joe. They've got seven catchers in camp. Yeah, well, and, and Mabry's Valoria, who was uh, hitting, you know, over 600 coming into uh, yesterday's action, uh, he's uh, going to he's soon to depart for uh, the Colombian team for the World Baseball Classic. So uh, we, we finally have a, a camp battle start to heat up with the, with the, the backup catcher role uh, sort of there. Uh, and, and of course, you know, Bo Naylor going to, to team Canada there. Um, you know, he's, he's not, not necessarily taking himself out of the mix, but, uh, I, I gotta believe, and I've been saying this all along since, you know, since the beginning of the off season, uh, that, that Bo Naylor has really got to be ticketed towards starting the season in triple a. Uh, and I think they feel pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I would agree with you, Joe. I think that's, you know, been the game plan all along when they start, you know, talking like that, dropping hints in December at the winter meetings that he may not be ready to start the season, uh, that they may, you know, want to start him at AAA. That's usually a pretty good indication of where, you know, where, uh, uh, you know, Bo Naylor is going to start uh, the year. Uh, so we've got our first, uh, you know, like real sort of camp battle or competition for a, a spot. Uh, we also have some, some news of the uh, unfortunate variety, I guess. Uh, Sam Hentges, uh on the shelf. Uh, he's going to be shut down for 
uh, at least a couple of weeks, it looks like, uh, with uh, a sore shoulder. Uh, we don't know the extent of that injury. I don't think that they said they, they got him, uh, did a, like an MRI or any imaging or anything like that yet. But uh, anytime he's complaining about soreness and, and they're, they're shutting him down, uh, that's cause for concern. Uh, do you think this impacts his uh, ability or his chances to, to make the opening day roster? Or could this be a situation where he starts the season on the injured list? Yeah, I think, uh, Joe, you missed some time now. You know, you're getting into, what, the third, fourth week of camp. And, you know, uh, Francona, in announcing the injury yesterday, didn't say it was day-to-day. He said it was week-to-week. And, uh, I mean, that that kind of sent my radar up. Uh, you know, he, he did have an MRI. They did find, you know, some inflammation and swelling around the ligaments in the shoulder. And, you know, just... He was kind of vague on it, you know, and I, I didn't know really how to take that. But, you know, if you're getting if you're getting tested from week to week in spring training, you know, I think, uh, you know, that that's that that's not a good sign to me. And, you know, really kind of devastating to the bullpen because Henkes Henches was just coming on, man. He had a breakout season last year. Big, tall lefty, you know, and, and he's left-handed, you know, and they, and I think, uh, you know, he, they really need kind of a left-hander in that pen, and you know, he was he established himself as one of those late-inning guys, you know, in front of uh, Class A. Yeah, he he absolutely uh, established himself and and became a, a real important part of the the bullpen uh, late in the season. Uh, over his last twenty-one appearances, uh, he threw twenty-five innings. He struck out. 32 batters, only walked five, only allowed one earned run, uh, a 0.36 ERA, and, uh, you know, only allowed, uh, what, a 121 batting average against. He was devastating to to the opposition last season. You know, once things sort of clicked in uh, late, in the, late in the year, August to the end of October, uh, he was about as much of a sure thing uh, in the 6th, 7th, 8th inning as, as Tito uh, could go to. So to lose Hanches and to lose his his uh, you know productivity the the way he was pitching at the end of the year uh, for any extended period of time is definitely going to hurt the bullpen and they're going to have to find somebody to step in there. So now you've got you know instead of one maybe two openings in that bullpen uh, now you've got two maybe three uh, coming out of the the season or coming out of the spring training. Uh, you know has anybody sort of stepped forward? out of that group of non-roster invitees or the, uh, uh, the, the, the guys on minor league deals uh, who has sort of impressed yet, or is it still too early to kind of tell? You know, it's, it's really early, Joe, but like you said, you know, all of a sudden the bullpen has some openings. Like we haven't seen De Los Santos yet. He has a hamstring, you know, Cody Morris is kind of, you know, uh, you know, a swing guy, but, you know, he, it seemed like he would fit in the bullpen. He hasn't pitched, you know, yet this spring. And with that lat muscle, uh, and, uh, you know, I would think they're probably leaning on opening opening him on the uh, IL. So, uh, you know, and we got Sandlin, who hasn't, I don't think he's pitching a game yet. You know, they say he's healthy, but he had the uh, Terrace Major tear in, in his right shoulder in, in uh, the postseason. And uh, so, you know, there, there's some question marks now in the pen. And I think, Joe, I, you know, I, I was trying to look at some of the guys and do you go with a starter? You know, do you go maybe, do you, do you put a uh, Peyton Battenfield in there? Do you, uh, you know, a couple of the guys, uh, 
uh, Nick Maholach, or I, I know I butchered that name. Nick Mikolachik. Nick Mikolachik, yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he's he's had a couple outings, you know, one good, one bad. He might be a guy, uh, you know, Tuki Tosant is more of a starter to me, but he's pitched out of the pen. A couple of those guys, Caleb Simpson and Caleb uh, Baraga. Yeah, you know, Baragar. 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 You know, those are two guys to watch to me. Yeah, I, it's interesting you say uh, the Tuki Toussaint, uh, you know, profiles as a starter. Uh, he, he was early in his career, but uh, in, in Atlanta, the last uh, last couple of seasons with Atlanta, he was pitching out of the pen. And uh, he seems like uh, maybe a good fit for, for one of those roles in terms of like a stretch guy. Uh, who can give you a, a couple of innings if he needs to, and uh, if you got to throw him in for a spot start, maybe you can. But uh, you mentioned Peyton Battenfield, uh, Connor Pilkington is a guy who's uh, you know always floating around, and if they if they have ten rainouts this year, he's going to be in line to start uh, the second game of ten doubleheaders. So uh, you watch for that, but. Uh, really, the the names like you said, Caleb Simpson, Caleb Baragar, uh, these are these are non-roster invitees. These are minor league deal guys who you, you're trying to to find a, a veteran who fits and who can give you some some time until your your main guys get back and get healthy. Uh, I, I think uh, that's where you got to start looking now. W- do you think they would you know try to shop around and, and maybe if if a if a deal is available or if there's a, a reliever out there that they really like, maybe go out and get one. Yeah, I, I would think they're looking right now, Joe. And another guy I forgot was Tim Heron, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a rookie left-hander that, that's on the 40-man roster for the first time. You know, Tito was really high on him, uh, uh, you know, when he talked about him. You know, But I got the impression he was more of, uh, okay, maybe not now, maybe during the season or maybe next year. You know, he still needed maybe some time at AAA, but – you know, now maybe he gets forced into a, a bullpen role. Yeah, with the opportunity in front of him, let's see how he reacts through the, the rest of, of uh, spring training. They they will probably uh, give him a lot of chances to to pitch and 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 show them if he's ready to to open camp and and take that spot that that Henches is. I mean, the two of them profile uh, very similarly, so uh, could be could be interesting. Uh, also on the injury front and uh, news coming out of uh, the game the other day, we mentioned George Valera uh, leaving the the game against the Royals after taking a funny swing and uh, he's got a sore hand. What's the, the latest on George Valera and his uh, injury to his, his right hand? Yeah, Joe, he, you know, this is where he had the surgery, the hamate bone surgery uh, in December, um, you know, Francona was saying the team trainers, you know, weren't really sure if it was connected to the surgery, but, you know, Francona said it's it's hard not to, uh, you know, link the two together. Uh, they're going to give it a couple days to calm down and treat with treatment. And then if he needs an MRI, he'll get one. But if, you know, or, you know, that would be, you know, if the pain continues to linger, I think if, you know, if the, if it responds to treatment, you know, maybe he's down for five, six days and gets back in the lineup, but, or, you know, starts to swing the bat again. But right now he's shut down or he's getting treatment and they're trying to decide, you know, is an MRI necessary? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a guy who it could be, could be pushing for, 
uh, a spot uh, maybe on the roster on opening day. But we're, we're going to talk about how the bench, you know, is is sort of coming into focus and the, the picture is, is coming a little clearer there uh, in, a, in a minute here. But, you know, Valera has had sort of these nagging injuries the last couple of years and, and they, they sort of delay him and delay him. Uh, this is a big year for him then in terms of if he does start the season off at AAA, uh, how how quickly can he make himself, uh, you know, somebody who they they have to call up and, and bring up because of his performance? Yeah, you know, Joe, I mean, he hit 24 home runs last year. He's their top, uh, you know, a, a t- their top position player prospect, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I think we've said this before. He's, he's spent, you know, he's spent a lot of time in, the, you know, the high levels of the minor leagues. You know, he's 20, what, 22, 23 so he's still got some time, um, but uh, yeah, I would think he's got to be healthy. And you know, if he starts the season at at Columbus, it's not the worst thing, you know, because uh, even though the outfield seems set, um, you know, with Quan Straw and uh, and uh, uh, Gonzalez, you know, we we still don't know a whole lot about Gonzalez either. You know, we saw him for ninety games last year. Straw struggled. Uh, offensively so you know that outfield can still be flipped around you could still move Quan to center you could you know you could you could you know Gonzalez or or uh Gonzalez could go up or down you know so you know Valera's you know an interesting guy and I think you know he's got a legitimate chance to make his big league debut at some point this season uh talk about a lineup uh Tito put out his lineup for Thursday's game against the Giants uh, at Goodyear. Uh, you've got uh, Stephen Kwan, Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez all at the top for the first time this year. Uh, Josh Bell, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez uh, following them, uh, Oscar Gonzalez, uh, Cam Gallagher, and Miles Straw. So that's about as close to a, an, an A lineup as, uh, as we've seen so far. Uh, in this uh, exhibition season, uh, you're talking, you know, maybe they flip uh, Jimenez and Gonzalez uh, to go left-right uh, alternating. But, uh, and, and you know, Zanino would be in there at catcher if he hadn't caught yesterday. But, uh, you know, this 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 looks like it, it could be, you know, Tito's thinking in terms of the, the way the lineup's going to look this year. Yeah, Joe, and uh, you know you've got to you look at that lineup, you know, and you and you base it on you know what these players did last year, and you've got to say it's a lot deeper than the one that they opened the season last season with. You know, you've got, you know, no matter how you uh, you know kind of write it down, you got Jimenez and Gonzalez down at the bottom of the lineup. You know, in the fi- in uh, you know the sixth or seventh spot. You know, so that gives you some ambush power. That gives you you know a, a you know, some high average with Jimenez, Gonzalez hit close to 300, and, uh, you know, Straw's back in the lineup for the first time this spring, you know, coming back from that knee injury. So, yeah, I just was struck by the depth of the lineup that, you know, you've, you've got some, uh, you've got some dangerous hitters at the bottom, at the bottom of it right now. You mentioned Miles Straw, and yeah, he was sort of uh, hanging back on the backfields, you know, working out, getting himself ready. After reporting to camp with a with a sore knee, uh, sore right knee, so now he's ready to go. Hopefully, we see him uh, in the lineup on a on a regular basis moving forward. 
But uh, this is a big, uh, a big moment, a big, you know, time for Miles Straw. He he got that contract extension before the start of the season last year, and you know he came out like gangbusters in April, and then just sort of fell off and and really uh, wasn't productive. The only thing that kept him in the lineup on a daily basis was his glove and was the the fact that that Tito knows you know if the ball's hit to center field, it's an out. So. Uh, you know, that's not going to be enough this year, I don't think, uh, to, to keep Miles Straw in the lineup. Uh, he's going to have to hit. He's going to have to be the Miles Straw that hit, what, 280 uh, in the, the second half last year when, when he came over from Houston and, uh, you know, really sort of looked like the guy who could be a, a productive hitter. Uh, he's he sort of settled in and, and looked a little more comfortable once he was was put in that number nine spot in the order. Uh, is it just a matter of him getting comfortable and getting out there? And, you know, I, I talking to Miles Straw pretty much after almost every other game and just seeing him in the clubhouse. And uh, this is a guy who he's he's very self-deprecating. He's very, uh, you know, he doesn't exude confidence uh, a, a lot, but you can tell. When he talks about his defense, he's very confident. He knows he's he's he knows he's the best outfielder on the uh, uh, on the field defensively. Uh, it's just at the at the plate. I don't think he has that that confidence right now, and and he hasn't uh, for much of last season. Yeah, Joe. I think uh, you know this is a guy that, like you said, he had a great April, and the th- the encouraging thing to me was that he finished strong too. He hit over three hundred in in September. Uh, so maybe he was starting to turn it around, but in the middle, in the you know, in the middle months, it was it was hard to watch him swing the bat. And you know, I know he came to the swing camps, a couple swing camps in Cleveland during the winter. They worked with him, um, you know, talking to uh, Chris Valeria, the hitting coach. They want him to you know take a little, more, a few more chances to you know to let the bat go. You know, he's he's he, he doesn't strike out, but you know what you know if if you. And, but he has a lot of weak contact too. So, you know, they, they'd like him to take a few more chances with the bat, be a little more aggressive. You know, if you strike out a couple more times, it's not the end of the world. But I think uh, they were encouraged by the work he did uh, during the uh, winter. And, you know, Joe, you look at his, you know, you look at his major league numbers overall, 247, you know, he, in, in the minors, he, he was a 305 career hitter. I think if he, if he can get back to, to somewhere, you know, close to 240 with the defense he plays. I mean, you know, you, you've, you know, that's what you want. And uh, I don't know if he's going to hit 280 like he did when he came over, you know, in from, from Houston a couple of years ago. Um, but if he, if he gets closer to 240, I think he's okay. Yeah. I, I think they would take that in a heartbeat. And uh, I think that, like you said, the lineup then, uh, really lengthens out if your number nine hitter is a, is another leadoff guy uh, as well uh, like that that look now uh, you know just to play devil's advocate and sort of get us into our next uh, segment here uh, what if Miles Straw doesn't produce at the plate this year and what are your options in terms of your bench and how that affects you know what you decide to carry out of spring training uh, because uh, as weird as it sounds. Uh, a guy like Roman Quinn, who right now has three home runs and and is sort of the uh, the the flash in the pan talk of uh, of camp, the way he's hitting and and sort of putting his name in there. 
uh, as a guy. You've got Richie Palacios over in Taiwan with uh, the World Baseball Classic. So he's kind of out of the picture right now. Uh, you've got Will Brennan, who, who I think they like and, and, you know, who looks pretty good right now. Uh, are, are, do they carry Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman, who were both pretty much the same guy, uh, instead of taking one of them and, and stashing them at, at AAA to start the season? Uh, do you keep maybe uh, Roman Quinn and put him on the roster and, and have him sit on the bench because he's a veteran and can, you know, handle maybe not playing for three or four consecutive days. Uh, there's, there's a lot of options there. Not all of them are great options, but uh, I, I think at some point you're, you're the, the pool for your bench is Arias Freeman, uh, you know, Brennan, and then, you know, guys like Palacios, Roman Quinn, uh, trying to, to 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 see if they can maybe force their hand to make a, a, a change there. Yeah, Joe. I mean, you know, the one thing they didn't do, they didn't bring in a lot of veteran uh, position players. You know, they, they, they for the second straight year, they've done, they haven't done that. And you, when you look at the bench, you, you're kind of scratching your head because, like you said, you know, uh, uh, Freeman and uh, Freeman and Arias are kind of, you know, kind of cancel each other out. Like they're the same kind of guy. They're utility infielders. And you, you, they're trying to, you know, the areas can play a little outfield. They're going to try to get Freeman in the outfield this spring, but he's never played out there. Uh, so, you know, okay. You, you, and then you've got, you've got Quinn. Maybe he, he can help you. He's, you know, he could, you know, like you said, he's used to uh, being a defensive replacement, a defensive first guy. We, he's, but all he's done is hit home runs this spring. Uh, you got to, they, they got to find a backup catcher. And and Brennan, you know, I think I think Brennan is is kind of a key guy here, Joe. I think, uh, you know, I think he, you know, I think he, I think he should, you know, he should probably be on that that in the bench on the bench as the backup outfielder. You got to keep, you can't just go in with three outfielders or, so maybe he makes that. And but then do you let or do you want him playing every day? You know, it's the old question. So you know, it, the bench is is kind of a hazy right now. Yeah, I I think with Brennan, if he's not going to play every day, you have to feel real comfortable that that he can still you know get the job done coming in uh, off the bench if he has to sit for three or four days in a week. Uh, and and I don't know, man. Maybe you just take him down and, and leave him at, at AAA, let him get super hot, and then bring him up, uh, you know, pretty early if if there's an injury or or if somebody's sort of struggling. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, to me, the decision right now is is between or do you carry uh, you know four outfielders or an extra uh, fifth outfielder and and put one of uh, Arias or Freeman down at AAA to start the season. That's that to me. That's what you're you're deciding between. And is that fifth outfielder uh, Richie Palacios or Roman Quinn? Uh, Palacios has shown that he can come off the bench and, and, you know, do that pinch hitting role pretty, pretty well. But again, his, his glove is not what Quinn's glove is. So, you yeah. you, you got to worry about that. So yeah, Palacios yeah, isn't a center fielder either. He's a no. corner guy, don't you think? Yeah, he's well, and he does give you versatility because he can play the infield as well, but you've got way yeah. too many infielders anyhow. So that yeah, he you need somebody who can play center field uh, if if Straw is struggling and you put Straw on your bench and then he becomes your fourth outfielder. 
So we'll we'll see uh, what the decision is there in, in terms of the bench makeup. Uh, hey, I wanted to mention the the Giants are, are at Goodyear today. Uh, the the on the card uh, to pitch for the Giants, uh, Cade McClure, uh, uh, an alum from Menor, so Northeast Ohio guy, uh, pitching today, uh, probably against the Guardians. Uh, he, interesting story. He was just traded from uh, from the White Sox over to the Giants. Yeah, Joe, he's gonna, you know, get, he's in big league camp. I think he's been in a big league. I mean, in, in, you know, he's been in the minors for four, five, six years. This is the first time he's, he's in big league camp with the Giants. So, you know, I'd like to, uh, it'd be interesting to see how he does. I hope he does well today. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and this is, uh, I, I remember him playing basketball in, in Northeast Ohio. I remember him as a so multi-sport athlete for, for Menor and, uh, just a, a, a good opportunity to to maybe see a, a local kid out there. You knew we were going to mention the Menor kid. Come on, Moisey. <laughs> he lives. Their family lives a couple a couple doors down from from my son. So that's that's why that's there why there you I go. <laughs> there you go. I see how it is. Okay. Well, uh, during the football season, when uh, when the the Cardinals come to town, I'll uh, I'll have to you know turn things around and mention uh, John Gannon uh, being the coach of the Cardinals and having them being here. Uh, anyways. Uh, uh, wrap it up with uh, mentioning throwing a name out there, Juan Brito. Uh, you know, we get asked about who's been impressive in camp and who's, you know, sort of making people take notice. Juan Brito was acquired in the the Nolan Jones trade in the off season. Uh, high, uh, you know, a double A prospect, uh, a guy that they're really high on. Uh, middle another middle infielder, obviously. Uh, but uh, this is a guy who's uh, on base percentage is his calling card and. Uh, He's he's doing that right now in camp. Yeah, uh, just uh, you know, interesting guy, Joe. Uh, like you said, he's hitting three thirty three, uh, two for six, but in ten plate appearances, he's reached base six times, two hits, four walks, and you know he's he's done that kind of under the radar. Right? You know, he's kind of come in late, you know, in, as a second wave of players off the bench in the fourth or fifth inning but you know he's he always seems to get on base and uh that's a good that's a good skill to have yeah drawn walks in a spring training game against uh single a kids in a late in the game uh you know might not be the equivalent of what you want to do with the major leagues but uh you know whatever's working for him seems to be working so uh keep an eye on juan brito uh keep an eye on us here at cleveland.com and our guardians coverage uh, you can sign up for subtext and get text messages from myself and Hoinsey uh, throughout spring training and into the regular season, uh, $3.99 a month. Go to cleveland.com slash subtext or uh, send subscribe text message to uh, 216-208-4346. Uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back uh, again to wrap it up tomorrow. Uh, with a birthday cake, and we will talk to you then. <laughs> All right, Joe. <laughs>